You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast, and this is a special series celebrating mompreneurs. It's hard because that mom guilt comes in and I remind myself that I'm enough and that what I'm doing is enough. And oftentimes I go to bed and I'm like, oh gosh, I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. I didn't parent right today, but there is no right and wrong in parenting. And you start the next day trying your best and you just take it and you offer yourself grace and you remind yourself that you're enough. Going on, welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are an action taking, savvy businesswoman who's obsessed with growth, then you're in the right place. Right now, you're listening to the Mompreneur series on the podcast. And during the very first episode of this series, I talked a lot about the Mompreneur mission statement. So I have gone ahead and created one for you to download for free. Just go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash MMS. This Mompreneur mission statement has been the foundation of what allows me to live very purposefully in two areas of my life that I consider so important to me, my business and my life as a mother. So go download this free tool for you to use to thrive in your mompreneur life today. Maria Desmondi is a children's book author who has written eight books, her most recent one called The Jelly Donut Difference. She also has a publishing company called Cardinal Rule Press. In addition, she is also doing live and virtual speaking engagements to schools all around the country. In short, she has built an incredibly impressive empire from her home during the mornings, nap times, and after the kids go to bed. That's right. She does this all being a full-time mommy of three awesome kids. Now, I had the pleasure of meeting Maria back in 2015 when she and I participated in a mastermind together. And we are currently accountability partners, which makes me a very lucky lady. So I actually have a pretty intimate view as to how Maria actually lives her life and succeeds at this thing called mompreneurship. Of course, she has some struggles. Of course, not all days are perfect, which we actually talk about during this interview and what she does to get out of those days and out of those moments. But overall, she's pretty damn awesome. She goes through so many strategies and tips on how to organize your day, how to organize your business. And we also dive into how to organize your time with your kids. So that's one thing that we don't often talk about during this Mompreneur series is like, how are we actually spending time with our kids in order to optimize the time that we're choosing to be with them? So Maria shares really great tips and ideas on how to spend really great quality time with your kids. And there were a few that she forgot to mention during this interview that she later made sure that I knew about so that I could add it to the show notes page. So make sure you go check that out at bizwomenrock.com forward slash mompreneur series. Now, without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Maria. 
Marie Desmondi. What's going on, girl? Hi, Katie. Thanks for having me on today. I'm so excited that you're here. Me too. You know, in some weird way, I think I actually created this Mompreneur series just for you, just as a reason and an excuse to highlight you, because you really are one of those mompreneurs that I bow down to. And it's through not only like who you come across as a businesswoman, because you're kind of like an ass-kicking businesswoman, which you listening are going to hear, but also because you're you're like a teacher. So you've got this thing that I love, which is what my sister, who's a teacher, has, which is like you're super creative with your kids, and you just do some really cool things. So I wanted a chance to highlight you here and let every amazing woman listening get some really great insights from how you run your life. So thanks for being here. Awesome. I'm blushing. Uh, so um, let's go ahead and start with kind of a base line, if you could give us kind of an overview of what your business is and like what it consists of, what are you doing right now in your business? Excellent. Yeah. So I am a children's book author. I just released my eighth book. And so not only am I an author and promoting my own books, I'm a big part of what I do is speaking engagements. So I have about 75 to 80 speaking engagements a year. I am also a publisher. So I publish other people's titles and I publish my own titles. So there's kind of two entities of my business. One, I'm promoting my own books. I'm a writer. And two, I'm also promoting other books and working on other projects. Okay. Now give a little bit of an explanation as to what your family life looks like? How many kids? What's the setup with all of that? Yeah. So I married Dave, who was my high school BFF. And so we got married well after college. So we were really great friends in high school. So he is the beginning of our family because he's my rock. And then we together had three little ones. We have Ruby, Leah, and Dexter. Their ages are seven, five, and three. So quick question here. When you first had Ruby, who's your oldest, were you running your own business at the time? No. The evolution of Maria as a mompreneur began way back in college because I graduated as a teacher. And I went to school at Michigan State University, started teaching full-time, and immediately went into grad school. So when I had Ruby, I was a full-time teacher, and I actually went part-time after I had her. So I had her in April, and when I went back in September, I said, I can't do this full-time. I'm going to go part-time. And it coincided with the release of my book. So prior to her being born, about six months prior to that was when my first book came out. Wow. Okay. So were you always an author? Did you always like have plans to publish a book or did that, was that sort of like happenstance? No, I feel like I pretty much wanted to plan my entire life out. And so I was (laughs) going to be a teacher for my entire life. I was going to teach. I mean, I got like a master's in teaching. I spent a lot of money on this education and it kind of fell into my lap. I wrote this book and it started to take off and I really enjoyed the speaking and I really enjoyed the marketing and the creativeness that came into that. So no, I wasn't always going to be an author. So at what point did you kind of quit the day job and officially say, okay, I'm going to be home with my kids and I'm also going to put my energies towards this book and, you know, sort of growing myself as an author? Ever since college and high school, I kind of blew things off and I had a lot of fun. And But once I went to college and my parents said, look, we are going to help you pay for college, but if you don't do well, you're paying for it. So I like got really serious in college and grad school 
So I was very like, it was a mix of three different things. I want to share this with you because this is really important in like how I kind of evolved from teacher to mompreneur to business owner. I am a very results driven person. So in college, it looked like, okay, really good grades. And then as a full-time teacher, I wanted my students to be performing well. Um, I wanted my students to be growing and learning and changing, but I also was doing all these extra things as a teacher, like professional development. And I was applying for these awards for like teacher of the year. And so I was very results driven. The second one was I felt like this was my purpose. Being a teacher was my purpose. And so in college, I just felt that calling and I was good with kids and I was like, okay, so it's a mix of three results driven purpose, but then there's the ego. I'm just really honest about it. I liked the feedback I got as being a teacher. These little people worship you and their families, you make connections with their families and you're constantly getting evaluated. So again, your ego is being fed by the evaluations, whether good or bad. So there was a mix of those three things that really developed in college, grad school, and then going into being a teacher. I was getting this feedback in those three areas, results and my purpose and my ego. So then becoming a mom, I had kind of this realization that one, I cannot go full force as a full-time teacher and be a mom. Like I will fall apart. I just can't do it. So I immediately, you know, went part-time, but even as part-time, I started feeling like I'm not getting these three things anymore, being a part-time teacher. Then I started like losing identity, being home with my first child. Um, people would ask me, well, what do you do? And I would say, well, I'm a part-time teacher, but that didn't feel like enough for me. And then I would say, well, I'm a part-time teacher and I'm my mom. And that didn't feel like enough for me. And so that's when I kind of started thinking this, I'm not in the right place. I'm not doing the right thing and I'm not feeling fulfilled anymore. So when our second child came in 2011, I left teaching. I resigned from teaching and I said, you know, to my husband, I, I'm going to try to make this author gig work from home with these two children. And I'm going to make more income than I'm making as a full-time teacher. Like I'm going to make this happen and it's going to be during nap time and it's going to be in the evenings and I'm going to hustle and I'm going to make this work. And so that's kind of the evolution. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Okay. So I want to jump into that time when you were like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it while being a full-time mom. I mean, this is we're in this day and age, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have regular childcare for your kids at home, right? Like you're with them. I think Dex and Leah are still at home or is Leah in school now? Yeah. So Dex is home full-time. Leah comes home at noon every day. So she's in a half-day program from eight to noon every day. So I have two of them at home and you're, you're correct. So when I have speaking engagements, it's my mom who's home with the kids, but I do not have childcare otherwise. So yeah. So it just kind of, I started making it happen and it's just kind of part of who I am. Like I, I, I'm this anxious person, but I've learned that if I can take my anxiety and put it into something positive, like exercise, and I can put it into like crafting and things that again, give me results and give me purpose and feed my ego, then I'm a well-rounded, happy person. So I just figured out a way to make this business happen early in the morning, late in the evening, during nap time. And that's where it really began in 2011. Okay. So I want to get really practical here because while it's easy from the outside saying, okay, of course I'm going to do that. Yeah. When my kids are sleeping basically is when I'm going to build my business. And I feel like there 
are probably a lot of women listening to this who are either wanting to do that or in the midst of doing that right now. But it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of structure. So can you give some very practical advice, tools, tips, strategies on how you actually do that? How do you actually plan out your day, plan out your time? What are some things that were very important for you and absolutes for you to integrate in order for all of that to work? First, I wake up and I hit the ground running because I know what to do. So before I go to bed the night before, I think about what my day is going to look like the next day. So I'll usually have my planner with me. And if I forgot it downstairs, and I'm already laying in bed, getting ready to go to sleep. I might just write it on a piece of paper, but I need to know when I wake up in the morning, what has to happen or else I lose sight of my focus. So that's the first thing is I plan it out and my top three need to happen in the morning. So when I wake up early in the morning, my top three needs to happen then because my brain, my creativity, my drive is early in the morning. Nap time, I usually get about an hour to two hours now. And it, that has to be just checking emails, prepping dinner. It can't be anything that takes a lot of mind, <laughs> mind power because I'm already like losing it. I'm tired and I've been up since 536 o'clock. So I do interviews in the afternoon, that kind of thing. It can't just be those heavy thinking things. And then the second thing is super disciplined with our sleep schedule. So with the children, I just started early on and I I followed baby wise, not, I did not follow it a hundred percent, maybe like 60% because that's a hardcore book, but just really making naps a priority. And that's another thing without having childcare, my kids are home. So it's easier for us to just say, okay, well, I'm going to put them down for a nap and do this because we're not out and about and they're not on someone else's schedule. They're on my schedule because they're home. So that's a huge part. I think for moms is if you can get a schedule, then you know when your children are going to be sleeping and you know when you can get things done. And really the third thing is you have to be disciplined yourself with your own sleep, because if you want to wake up early in the morning and exercise or get some work done, you're not going to be able to do it if you're up till 11, 12 o'clock at night, binge watching Netflix shows, which is really fun, but I have to be disciplined and it just, that doesn't work for me because the minute I'm tired, I start to get sick and then I just lose my focus. All about focus. That's sort of like a foundational thing that I'm hearing throughout all of this. So kind of focus on every foundational piece that you need in order to keep things working. Okay. And as beautiful as that sounds, there have got to be days that don't go according to plan. You better believe it. You better believe it. Okay. So what are the contingency plans? Because what I want to make sure that you listening here, and Marie and I are a lot of like in this, like we plan, like we're planners, like we want to organize. And the hilarious part is that I'm very clear that like when I plan, I plan as much as I can, and then I, I'm totally okay with the fact if it only goes like 60% according to plan, like life is good, right? And sometimes it's 10% according to plan. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you do when days don't go? Yeah, I'm no longer a slave to my to-do list. So if there's still 10 things on my to-do list when I'm going to bed, oh, well, it is what it is. So I've really set up my business in a way that I create deadlines with a huge buffer. So if I have a deadline, my deadline is actually a week prior to that because if something happens, at least I have it done by the time it's actually due. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I give myself a really big buffer and I'm flexible. I've just learned to be flexible and 
The kids have learned to be flexible too. So for example, if I can't reschedule a call, I will reach out to my village and, you know, maybe the kids will go hang out with a neighbor for a play date. I oftentimes after school have the entire bus stop at my house playing. So we really are like a little tribe and community here in our neighborhood. So I can lean on some of the neighbors if I need to, but absolutely things don't go as planned. Kids get sick. Kids wake up from their nap early Kids don't go down for a nap. Kids are mad at you. Kids are cranky. (laughs) You don't feel good. I mean, things happen. Absolutely. Okay. So what do you do in the meantime when you've sort of hit a wall? You have stuff to do. Things aren't going according to plan or for a gazillion other reasons, you've just hit a wall. What is your contingency plan? How do you take care of yourself? How do you go from a place of like total overwhelm, oh my God, to actually being able to function well again? One of the things is I mentally have to take care of myself, which in my case is a physical thing. So if I have a day where things are just not going to plan, I usually get the kids and I outside and we're on a bike ride. We're active. We're doing something because physically, if I'm exerting myself, it's making me feel better mentally. And then I'll reach out to Dave who, you know, he's my partner. We're a team. And I'll say, Hey, babe, you got to put the kids to bed at seven tonight. I need to sit down at seven o'clock and I need to work till 10. Like I've got to get this stuff done or on the weekend, you know, we spend a lot of time together as a family. We like our kids aren't involved in a lot of activities right now. We we're trying to keep like our home base really sacred and spending time with family and friends and just not running the kids rampant with like 20 activities at a time. So we're really, our weekends are pretty flexible. And I might just say, Hey, I got to go to the coffee shop this weekend for like five hours. I've got so much to catch up on. And so that will happen every now and then it's not a consistent thing, but that's like a go-to is I reach out to him for support and say, I got to get this done. So, so true. Okay. All right. So there's one element that I haven't talked about during this mompreneur series so far, and you are the exact person I really wanted to dig in deep with it about, is that because this is Biz Women Rocks, so our focus is really business, but I really want to flip this and make the focus the mom part of mompreneurship. It's really easy for us to get into the space of like, okay, these are my business days and that's what I'm getting done on these business days. And this is how I make business like the optimal that it can be during these times. But I'm actually really interested in how you make your mom times optimal. And specifically because you're so, I happen to know that you're like super creative. Like there are a lot of cool things that you bring to the table as a mother. So for any of us moms out there who are wanting to make the time that we have with our kids that much more special and totally plugged into them, that has been a constant throughout this entire series is every single mompreneur has said like, be present in whatever space you're in, right? So when you're with your kids, be with your kids. When you're in business, be in your business. So when you are with your kids, what kind of cool things are you doing? Like what, how do you structure your time? What kind of things are you guys doing? Like explain a little bit of that. Okay. So first of all, I'm creative, but I also love Pinterest. So I spend a lot of like my downtime having fun going through Pinterest and finding activities for the kids and I. So for example, when we have like eight kids here after school and everybody's running around crazy, I will just pull up one of my Pinterest boards. For example, right now, like the Easter holidays coming up. So I would just pull that up and say, everybody sit down at the table. Let's do this project. So I use Pinterest as like a really good little back pocket trick of mine is what can we do? Here's what we can do. So that's one of the things is I definitely have a ton of activities in my back pocket. I order the supplies. I have everything. I actually have a whole entire pantry that's supposed to be for food in my kitchen and it's 
filled with kids crafts because this is the time like they are young. And this is the time where I want those things accessible. I want to be able to do those things. And I don't want to have to like go to Michael's every day. So one is I use Pinterest and I try to do that kind of stuff, you know, throughout the day. Two is traditions. I love traditions. So I will, um, create funny traditions, little like cute traditions. I think I told you on Valentine's day, we do fancy family dinner. And so my husband and I, he wears his tux from our wedding. I wear my wedding dress and mama's out there. I'm going to tell you what, there were years I couldn't zip that dress up. So don't you, <laughs> don't you think I was just shimmying myself into that dress every year. There were years where the back was wide open um, and the kids dress up and we have like a candlelit dinner in our house. So I try to create like really fun traditions and within that one-on-one time with the kids. So I have three children and my goal every day is, can I get 10 minutes alone with each kid? And I don't, always think of it that way. Like I don't start the day and be like, okay, what am I going to plan 10 minutes for each of the kids? But I really try to think like at the end of the day, if I haven't had my time with Dexter and Dave's putting the girls to bed, I'll go snuggle with him for 10 minutes in bed. But I'm just trying to give each of those kids a little bit of me. And it's just maybe five or 10 minutes a day. But in like Ruby is my oldest. And a lot of times we'll hold hands on the way home from the bus stop. And the other two are like running ahead crazy. And I'll ask her about her day. And that's like our special time. So that's the second thing I wanted to tell you. And the third thing is, you know, this time with our kids, there was a teacher who sat me down when I was pregnant with my first. And she said to me, Maria, I took a lot of time off. And then I came back to teaching. And that's something that was always scary to me because I'm, like I said, I'm ego driven. I'm very results driven to like walk away from work and then raise your kids and then go back. That sounded really scary to me, Katie. Like, will I know what to do when I go back into teaching? Will I know what to do if I go back into the business world? That was just so scary for me. And that is why I'm a mompreneur. I, I wanted to be able to do a little bit of both. But she said to me, you will never look back on this time and say, I wish I worked harder, but you will look back on this time and say, I wish I would have had more time with those kids. And so I think of that so much. I think of it when I look at pictures and they're not babies anymore. And so that is really what keeps me coming back to these traditions, that one-on-one time and just thinking of fun things we can have together because this time is going by so fast. I I'm like blinking my eyes and they're growing up and guess what? They're not going to want to do Pinterest crafts with me in five years at the kitchen table with their friends from the bus stop. They're going to be, I don't know what they're going to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even get teenagers, but they're going to be doing teenager kind of things. So that's what really drives me is just remembering that this is such a small moment of time in their life and in my life. So funny. I put a call out to the women who are part of our private Facebook group. And if you have not joined yet, you should absolutely go go join it. It's called Biz Women Rock. And so I put a call out to them and said, hey, who's a mompreneur? I want to hear from you because part of this series, I'm going to be featuring fellow members of the Biz Women Rock community, just telling a little bit of a story, like best moment or one of the best moments, one of the most challenging moments, right? And I had Amy Robles, who sent me a beautiful audio, and it ended up becoming like 
a couple pieces of advice that she had. And she, she's been a mom for a while. And she is like, you know, just remember, number one thing is remember that this is a phase. Like this is just a small point in your time of your whole life. And in the moment that I was listening to it, I started crying because that day Sedona had gotten sick. She, like I would, I had just brought her back from the doctor. I had to reschedule all my client meetings. And like, I was feeling that pull and it just brought so much relief. And like, that's why I was crying. I was like, okay, you know, like that. There's always going to be challenges, I think, for women like us who, I don't call it ego. I call it like, I just am obsessed with growing as a person and having new things that I f- can feel creative about and, and excited about. And and I feel like that's always going to be a challenge of managing those things that fulfill my being as an individual and being able to be fulfilled as a mother, you know? And so... um it was just such a beautiful reminder of exactly what you just said. It's like, this is just a, this is just a moment, you know? So what do you do in those moments when you feel that pull from both sides when, and it could, and it's not always negative on the business side. It, it might be because you're really excited about something and you just like want to run a thousand, a thousand miles a minute towards it. Like, what do you do in those moments when you feel a little torn? Oh, that's a good one. I, I don't know. I, I, oh, I, I like to look back at balance and I just look to my life and say, do I have a healthy balance going on right now? Cause if I'm feeling this pull, maybe something's off. Maybe I'm not spending enough time with the kids. Maybe I'm spending too much time working or typically in those moments, I feel as if something's off, like is something off with what's happening, but oh, that pull is hard. It's the mom guilt. It's the mom guilt. And like I said, you know, I'm really, purpose driven. And my purpose in life is to make a difference. I want to make a difference in this world. And I'm doing that through my work, but I'm also doing it and raising these three human beings. That's the cool thing about my work is that it kind of filters into my home life too. Like my purpose of writing children's books also comes into my home life. So I don't know how to answer your question. Honestly, I think I look back to see if everything's in balance, but, um, it's hard because that mom guilt comes in and I remind myself that I'm enough and that what I'm doing is enough. And oftentimes I go to bed and I'm like, Oh gosh, I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. I didn't parent right today, but there is no right and wrong in parenting. And you start the next day trying your best and you just take it and you offer yourself grace and you remind yourself that you're enough. I love that. Do you integrate your kids into your business? Do they see what you do? I really don't. And I probably should. So not so much. Like my first book came out and was delivered to the house and they hadn't even heard about it. (laughs) They're like, what is this book about mom? (laughs) I really, I really don't. And, but they see me like they came to my launch party. And so Dave, you know, helps bring them to some of my events when I had, I had a couple interviews on the news this month and they sat at home and watched it. So I guess they do see parts of it. And I remind them that I love what I do and that what I'm doing, um, is because I want to make a difference and I want kids to feel good about themselves. So I do, but I could probably explain to them a little bit more. And as Ruby gets older, I think it's cool for her to see what mom does, you know, and that I have a team of these 10 women that I'm managing and that these women are all mompreneurs and they're all like freelancing from home and, I think it'd be really cool for her to see more of what I do. So I want to conclude, and this may be a giant question, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. I want to conclude by asking you, what kind of a legacy do you really want to leave? Because you are someone who proactively really thinks about your life. You think about why am I here? What am I doing? What kind of mom am I being? What, how am I interacting with my kids? And that's very obvious in this conversation. So 
What kind of legacy do you want to leave? What is important for you to leave behind you in the wake of this experience that you're having right now? Oh, I just, I want, um, and I'm going to get a little emotional when I'm repeating saying this, but, um, I want my kids to look back on their childhood and just see a lot of love. And so there's love in mom and there's love in the work that she did. And I just, I want love to shine through. I want them to be reminded of the memories. I, I want the memories to make them feel really good. And not so much what I said, but what I did to make them feel loved. I love that. I can't think of a better way to end this interview. Maria, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Such great practical information as well as just really speaking from the heart about your experience. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Katie. told you that when I feel the pull, I tend to go to potato chips because I kind of, <laughs> I mean... <laughs>